Oh, hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. It's a podcast show for you, recorded the day it's coming up because someone was in Canada and forgot that he had a podcast. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. You can check out live dates at johnhastingscomedy.com. You can come to a live version of the podcast. What? Uh, in Bristol, October the 14th, as part of Black Hole Comedy. You can uh, go to my website. There's details there. I'm tweeting stuff about it. Or you can email me, John Hastings Podcast, and I'll be like, yeah, here's where it is. And I'll be like, oh, okay. And then the guy, Sean, will be all like, yeah, 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 money, 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 money. It'll be great. Or it will be horrible. Um, probably won't be horrible. Oh, sales, being a salesman is very difficult. Oh, come to this thing. It could be good, or you could get cancer of the eyes. Oh, what a great convention I'm heading off to. What's going on this weekend, honey? Oh, I'm going to the conference for uh, meat selling because I'm a meat salesman. And um, how did they convince you to go to the conference? Well, it was either going to be a great time with coworkers, or I was going to watch my own family get raped by bikers. And they have not told me which one it's going to be, so I need to go and find out. That's what the show is going to be like, minus the horrible sexual crime committed against you, your family. I have a, a podcast going on in the background, yeah. Just like you, I listen to podcasts, only my podcasts are intense wrestling themed. Because, oh boy, am I regressing to that of an 11-year-old boy. Except, um, like, I liked wrestling a lot when I was 11. The difference is this. When I was um, an 11-year-old, I was like, can you believe it? Kevin, or Diesel, now I'm like, can you believe it? Kevin Nash broke his quad while walking. And obviously he's one of the higher paid wrestlers, but that mostly has to do with his booking manipulations, giving his time as booker for WCW in the years 2000, 2000, I was about to say 2001, but it didn't last that long, did it? All right. Well, I think it's time to, uh, to start the show. Uh, I'll explain why there was no episode last week. Because I didn't want to, and I do the show for free. Stop fucking complaining. Or, I actually have a legitimate reason, but let's, let's begin. Okay. This is the John Hastings Anything Can Be A Podcast podcast. Please welcome John Hastings. Alright, so I am, uh, I always find it weird when podcasters and comedians in general have this moment in their career where they decide to be inspirational. Kevin Smith is one of the most guilty parties of this, where he's just like, you know why I made Clerks? Because you guys need to learn how to dream! It's like, shut up, he didn't, you wanted to make dick jokes in black and white. No, it's because people need to have dreams! What kind of dreams? Dreams of dick jokes in black and white. I don't know why I'm going after Kevin Smith. And people that inspire people. I basically, I, I was in Canada making a short film. And um, that's why there was no show last week. It's because literally, I had what they would call... I, I had the opposite of time, and I was the least busy... I wasn't even the most busy person on that set. Um, I was driving people around. I was acting in it. I was uh, praying to the gods of union rule. Um, I was trying to figure out how to invent a, a day that had 27 hours... Uh, I was taking photos of people eating pizza. Um, it was an absolutely rewarding experience uh, that began a mere eighteen to two months, uh, two years ago. Uh, eighteen months to two years ago, when I basically what happened is uh, someone very close uh, 
to my family passed away in a surprising manner. And like not in like a fun way, like a surprise party gone awry, like we yelled out surprise and then she got a heart attack, like uh, like Momo in Get Shorty. You know that part of the movie? God, that movie. It's really good, especially James Gandolfini's mullet. Well, he has, it's a skullet, to be fair. Which means, of course, it's only party in the back. There are no, there's no more business conducted in the front, and so um, passed away really surprisingly. It was a big shock to me, uh, and an even bigger shock to my mom, who was very close with this individual, and uh, and it just sort of made me sort of evaluate my life. And when I started evaluating, the problem with being a comedian is when you evaluate it on like a like a on a macro level, you only can see the bitter bitter sins down the way which are the uh, leather clad leather jacket clad smoking indoors like shocked they can't smoke indoors you know those guys like what do you mean i can't smoke in here well it's a children's um, it's a children's hospital and you're in the cancer ward um so no you can't light up a cigar here like the kind of guy that's like well you don't wear a suit on a tuesday like anytime you hear someone say the phrase um Whatever happened to blank? You, you hear it a lot as a comedian. Whatever happened to comedians? And that's usually said because someone's gone, you want to do some blow? And you go, no, no, I don't. Go, Whatever happened to comedians? I don't know. We looked at you and realized, hey, our skin shouldn't be blotchy and dry. and We shouldn't have weird gray patches, not on the sides of our head like Reed Richards, but like patchy all over like someone who actually saw the Fantastic Four come through a portal in real life. Anyway, so that sort of stuff happens, and you start to evaluate and go, I need to do more with my life. And some people go, all right, well, I'll get a job. Give up this uh, dick joke talking career. Um, I instead thought I needed to find something else in the universe. Uh, put me in a car with a thin lady named Claire. Uh, Claire Stollery, stand-up comedian I knew from Toronto. Um, when we first met, I hit on her. That's the kind of guy I am. And this is how brave I am. I was saying this next to my girlfriend who's looking at dogs on Instagram who literally just shook her head in a, uh, oh, that boy kind of way. Um, now, but luckily I did not ruin our friendship, uh, with my sex nose, which is, by the way, a reference to the show Happy Endings, which I was watching with my lady last night and the term sex nose was said. And it would. Have you ever seen a puppy eating spaghetti? Because it was that funny, but just to her, like it was. It's a good no line for a man's junk. But oh boy, it was. Someone gave you laughing gas yesterday, and she's not even talking. She's literally just silently laughing at the concept of sex nose once again. Oh, this is a, this is a fine weapon in the relationship uh, quiver. You know what I mean? Because. Lord knows you're constantly having to make ladies be quiet. Ugh, that's another thing those shitty, bitter comedians would say. Anyway, so I'm sitting in a car with Claire. She drove me somewhere or something like that. Either way, we're, like, parked at the Rivoli, in front of the Rivoli on Queen Street, home of the Alta Comedy Lounge. Head down there and say hi to Morgan. Try the veal. I don't think they have veal, but they definitely have pad thai and a clientele that are drawings of his hipsters. Like, in London, New York, you want to talk about, oh, we got hipsters here. Nothing compared to what's in Toronto. Like, Toronto, they're literally just like, do you enjoy this t-shirt? It's a cassette tape. Um, like an actual cassette tape, as opposed to a t-shirt with a cassette tape on it. And for the last fucking time, you can't be wearing a t-shirt that's ironic. That would have to be pants. Anyway. Sorry, just getting my nose ready for talking. And I, um, 
So we're sitting in her car, uh, just chatting. She talks about... I remember she brought up Lena Dunham, who... I'm liking, I'm not liking that the world is turning against her, because basically everyone else is angry at her, because it's like, look at this success! Um, but I don't like her because I find her writing whiny, and I find that she does, she, I find that it's a, she's, she's giving power and giving credence to a lot of lazy stereotypes that's going to, uh, empower more lazy, ridiculous behavior from the, um, 20-year-old set. Oh, Joan, weren't you lazy when you were in your 20s? Yes, but in a different way, in that I was working all the time, I just did a lot of drugs, and then would go to work and not work very well. You know what I mean? I was still present at my job earning money. I was just a horrible employee. Which is how you're supposed to do it. If you hire a 21-year-old, you're basically inviting an ape into your business. But you do it because you need entertainment and you're a small business owner and you can't afford cable television. So you just get a guy who's 21 years old. Oh, this galoop is going to fall over something or break something hilariously. Anyway. I, um... Um... I'm sitting in her car, and she's telling me about Lena Dunham. Oh, by the way, Lena Dunham last week, I don't know if you saw the controversy about how she wasn't paying her opening act... Here's my thing, Lena Dunham. It's an easily solved thing. You should have seen that controversy coming. When you get paid $4 million just to write the book, and I know writing a book isn't easy. It's not just like you sit there at a keyboard for like five minutes and you're like, my name's Lena. I wrote girls. A tee hee 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 hee. But at the same time, someone should have predicted, oh, by the way, have we announced that we made $4 million just off the book, not the book tour, and we're paying these struggling comedians that we asked to audition literally nothing, we are going to get a bukkake of controversy. Like, because you could read in the press release, they're like, what, you're supposed to pay comedians? Which is, again, part of the problem with my job, is that people, when asked, do should we pay the comedian? They go, well, we'll give them a sandwich that'll be half price. That'll be fine. Oh, will it? No, it won't. Double sidebar, trade union meetings happening in the UK with comedians. Um, as a union... Man, I'm happy about it. I'm not going to get into my complete feelings about it. I didn't go to the meeting. I was in Canada. But when I do go to the meeting, I will talk about it here. That's the way of the world. All right. Anyway. So we're talking about Lena Dunham. Uh, she had put out this movie called Tiny Furniture, which helped launch girls. Yet to da, da, da. Claire said, I'd like to do something like that. And I said, well, fuck it. We'll write it together. We'll write a short film. Because um, I live in a show business world where it's literally like, what do you want to do? I want to do a podcast. Go buy the equipment. Do a podcast. That's the trick with show business. You literally, it's like being a pirate. There's no, like, training manual for being a pirate. There's no, like, rest day for being a pirate. There's no, like, guy named Chad who shows up and goes, um, I'm sorry, we need to reevaluate your scabbard skills. And, um, we're going to need you to do the test where you swing on the rope with the knife in your teeth. Which, for a group of murdering rapists that had a, an unproportionate amount of wooden body parts, the idea that they would look at a rope and go, I know where I'm going to put the sharp fucking knife. Mouth. Perfect. Anyway. Sitting in her car, and she says, um, let's uh, write something. And I said, great. And she said, well, I have this idea about a girl meeting her father for the first time. All right, I'm going to get a coffee, or this is going to not be a podcast. It's going to be a yawn cast. Are you going to hear a door open, which is my girlfriend's very concerned that the door is going to disturb the broadcast. Obviously, she hasn't listened to a lot of these episodes where things are disturbed the podcast, mostly me farting into the microphone. <laughs>
Just remember, we got a Richard Massara letter to read at the end. Oh, God. What a delight that man is. Check him out. Find him on comedy things. Go go listen to his stuff. Anyway, so the idea for this short form was uh, short film was built. Born, then built. How do you build an idea? Well, you go, here's my idea, and then you're done. You're done building it. Building an idea is kind of like building one of those tents that where you just take it to the bag and you throw, and it opens up. It's really fucking easy. But then making the idea an actual script was uh, one of the most rewarding and painful things you could ever do. Writing is something I enjoy in the same way I would assume a chef enjoys um, the end of his career. It's a long, complicated, sweaty endeavor filled with a lot of swearing and uh, occasional throwing of dishes. I, um, I think it was one of the greatest things I've ever worked on in terms of it showed... It showed me that if you actually, you can start, you can finish something you start, and you should finish something you start, it's um, became a part of my life. We went through script rewrites, we went through notes, we went through, you call this a script, I call it shit. Um, you went through meeting producers, and by meeting, produ- we met a producer named Scott Cavaliero, and uh, Claire knew through the acting world in Toronto, he was um, uh, a everlasting and powerful force on this film uh without him it wouldn't be made um and then we met a director named mark o'brien for those canadians you would know him as des from republic of doyle and let me tell you working with someone who was on republic of doyle for my father who bleeds the red and white of the cbc i it was literally like oh my son is the biggest success you don't like it, I told him the day after we finished shooting the whole thing, I didn't tell anyone about this short film, really. Uh, my girlfriend knew, a few of my friends looked at the script, knew. But that's about it. I I live in a, I believe in the the trick is, you until you have the contract side, you shut up and you don't tell anyone. Because that way, if it doesn't work out, you do not have people going, hey, whatever happened to? What's going on with? It's just sort of, it, it, it flies off, and the, it's a bitter it's a bitter pill to swallow just for you, but you don't need to be burdening anyone else with it. And that's the beauty of the whole thing. Anywho, um, uh, script rewrites, um, producer uh, Scott Calvero came in, guy who made the fucking thing happen. Uh, I owe him a kidney. I bought him a big bottle of whiskey, and he deserved a bathtub full of it. Because, good God, should he only be drinking and sleeping. Um, anyway, uh, Mark O'Brien, Des on Republic of Doyle, was brought in. I need to hit another coffee. I woke up full of pep and vinegar, excited to do the podcast. Mostly because I'm glad I remembered on a Wednesday as opposed to usually when I remember doing these things. On, like, Wednesday night as opposed to Wednesday in the morning. Mm. And so I, um, so he came in, and he was a director. And I got to be honest, I was nervous. I was afraid to give my baby away. I we at that point when we had met with him, it had been a year, and we were. I was petrified because I didn't. I didn't know. I don't know how to let go of things creatively. You know what I mean? Someone came into the podcast and was just like, "Oh, you need to not." yawn openly into the microphone you might want to write down a note you might want to not go we're going to talk about cantaloupes and that'll be fine i would not know how to deal with that you know what i'm saying um and then the idea that i was going to give something that i worked on for so long to some jackanape was absolutely outlandish that being said i'm also smart enough to go what do i know about directing a film i know you point the camera at the actors and that's it so i knew that we had to give it to someone and he seemed like the right guy 
And boy, oh boy, was I glad that I quelled the voice of doubt in me belly that went, Why should you don't trust him? Because he did a great job. Fucking knocked it out of the park. Um, Claire had the awkward moment of where she sort of had to put her foot down and was like, I'm playing the lead, even though we had both, I think, written it with her intended to play the lead. So it was a very funny moment in my life where she's like, I just want to let you know I'll be playing the lead. And I went, yeah, that's fine. You know when someone has planned like a, like an impassioned speech and you just let, like, you just, like, completely go the way they weren't planned? And, like, what was her thought right there? Was she thinking, like, oh, John will maybe want to play this female role? Like, Lord knows he looks good in a cocktail dress. And goddamn right I do. That will be our follow-up called Cocktail Dress Johnny. And it's about a man and a cocktail dress. It will be very long. So, um, we got ourselves a director, we got ourselves a producer, we got ourselves a lead actor. I had written a part in for moi, if I chose to play it, because I um, am that kind of guy. And that I know that if any all else fails, I would like to be able to get drunk and go, there I am. Anyway, uh, we did have a moment where a consulting producer did say, oh, the, the albino fella shouldn't play The Undertaker, because uh, Undertakers are creepy. To which I had to then make the point, as you will always as a comedian, to a certain, uh, again, in the creative world, there's types of people, and it's an on-the-nose joke, which is, if it's a creepy-looking guy, that's one joke, oh, The Undertaker's creepy, we get it. But if he's not creepy, and he outs himself as a creep, there's three jokes. See, what are you going to do? Well, I only like to laugh once. Well, you're wrong. You're supposed to, you want to laugh three times. Oh, okay. So, um... That was an interesting one. I had to have a creative argument, and then I got drunk by a lake with my friend Ricky in Bristol. Go support his show that time of the month in Newport Pagnell. i got to email him. I want to go do that show again. God, he's so much fun to drink with. Really good musician, too. I know what you're thinking. Has he done anything I've heard? Yes! The theme of this show! Um, then, uh, um, so now we're ramping into production, and by ramping into production, I mean I'm getting a lot of emails, and I'm like, oh my god, is this actually going to happen? Um, as we're slowly talking, uh, Claire and Scott meeting with investors, doing a lot of hard, shitty work. I am in England, encouraging them from afar. And um, I don't know that whole that side. I would try and impart to you them meeting with investors, but it probably went like this. Oh, hello, lovey. And they're like, can we have some money for our short? I don't know, caveat. So I, um, all lead, roads lead to September the 30th, 2014, um, I sat down with actors that are real actors that are unionized, that I had to pick up from the homes that they pay with acting work in a car that my mom pays for with her job. All right, not, not all show glue business is glamorous, and I don't appreciate my girlfriend laughing so hard at that line. And so she, um, so I pick them up, and we go, and they have memorized lines um, that I wrote. We are standing in a building that has a kitchen where people are going, ah, the marinara sauce isn't to perfection because of something that me and a friend of mine put our fingers to a keyboard and wrote, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, it was one of the craziest, coolest experiences of my entire life. If I scuttle off this mortal coil tomorrow, um, I, they'll be unfinished business. I'm definitely coming back as a ghost, but not because of that short film. Um, I don't know when and where you'll be able to see it. Um, 
but I just wanted to impart that story. Not to be inspirational, but to say, hey, I did something cool, so you go do something cool. I don't believe in inspiring. I believe in creating spite in people, and then they want to show me up, so they go out and do their own things. You know what I mean? Because inspiration, that can lead to Hitler. But spite, that leads to the Sex Pistols. And as we all know, I am pro-Sex Pistols, anti-Hitler. Basically, what I'm trying to say is, if you've inspired people, you are pro-Holocaust. I don't know why you're pro-Holocaust, but I'm not. I don't think killing six million Jews just so you can feel better in the morning is a good idea. I know what you're thinking, John. Don't besmirch my beliefs. And I'll be like, why do you know my name, weird Nazi man? So, um, yeah, that's what happened. And then I became a godfather. Yeah. What's What now? Transition. What a week, huh? First you go and make uh, something that's pretend. Then you go and stand in a room that worships someone that might be pretend. Um... I'm very much agnostic. God, I love being agnostic. There are no meetings. There's no arguments. What do you believe in? I don't give a fuck. Were you atheist? No, the other one. Jewish? No, no, the other one. Agnostic. It's the best. A couple of uh, humorous moments. My uh, baby cousin, Jackson, greatest kid in the world, walked into the church pointing at the ceiling with his dad. Didn't cry once. Every other baby? Oh, bellowed. Not our Jack Hastings. Should I use his real name? He doesn't have a social security number. Anyway, he uh, pointed at things, walked around the pew, um, kept putting his hand towards people like they were going to kiss it, but I think he was just trying to get them to shake. But then I started doing it, and everyone got upset. Oh, just because the baby does it, he can get away with it? It's prejudice against people with different ages. Um, Cursing went off without a hitch. Um, Let me get into this. My mother has long been a churchgoer and has long been a huge feminist. One of the biggest, uh, intellectually speaking. She's quite reasonably proportioned. and um, But she's always said that lady priests and lady reverends have no idea how to do the homily or deliver the message. And I don't want to be rude to the madam who is speaking at that church, but oh boy did she drown on. Only interesting fact, by the way, they're Anglican nuns. Yes, she said, you'll be interested to know there are Anglican nuns. And in my head, I went, I am interested to know. Well played. She referenced Louis C.K. in a goddamn homily. Now, again, I am not, I am, I am, I'm not a cop. I am not a part of the Anglican church. I'm not for censorship. But there's a time and a place to bring up the man who opens a special with a joke uh, called literally on the CD, it's called niggers, faggots, and cunts. Like you shouldn't have like that guy has no place in the homily unless it's you know a really racist church and they they misinterpret that bit. And it was just a bizarre, bizarre homily. Um, as all church services go, as I know from being a kid going to church, when you get that baptism in there, that pushes it to an hour and a half. Come on. <laughs> I knew it. Like I said, everyone going, we'll be in and out in an hour. And I'm sitting there going, you're all idiots. You're all dumb. And I didn't get to have time to get coffee. And because in a typical Hastings family manner, we went and uh, we went for dinner the night before. And dinner led to cocktails, which led to a bunch of people buying my uncle beer, which he gave to me. Because as he said, oh, I can't be hungover. And I'm like, I'm the godfather. You think I can be hungover? Like, I'm the one getting scrutinized. I'm applying for a job. To Jesus. Like, you're just over there. You already got your role. All you had to do was go... I have to show up and be like, I renounce Satan. 
I stand for every book in the Bible. But um, and by the way, you cannot go through the Godfather being a Godfather. All you think is, I'm Michael Corleone. Like you just want someone to ask you about your business, so you can be like, don't ask me about my business, Kay. And they're like, I'm your dad. Like all right. Um, but yeah, an absolutely amazing week in Canada. I was sorry to miss uh, the podcast. Uh, we're gonna have some live ones coming up. Uh, recording one next week, which I think will be next week's episode. The next two weeks will be live. One will be uh, live from Bristol, recording on the 14th. Then on the 19th, I'm recording uh, at Paul Cruz House. So if you want me to come record at your house, you got a venue. You you got three friends. I will come do the podcast for you. But before we do that, I'm going to go find my phone and read Richard Marcera's... Lay- uh, here's my computer. I can just do it like this. Perfect. Um... Also, I was reading about Joaquin Phoenix's I'm Still Here movie last night because I couldn't fall asleep. Still a bad idea. Like, even in hindsight, give it all the time. Still, what the fuck were you thinking, you you butt? Yeah, you butt. Oh, my friend Noreen um, messaged me. And my girlfriend Lauren just showed me the fo- a photo of a dog, which basically sums up my our relationship. This is from three days ago. Do you not ever check Instagram? <laughs> no. I can't not. It's like my favorite thing to do in the morning just to see like what are how do all my friends want their fun interpreted? You know what I mean? Like But it's great when you can save up all the puppy photos and then you get them all at once. I understand. Ladies and gentlemen, here is uh uh the latest Richard Marsara uh email. Also if you'd like to email me, go to John Hastings uh podcast at gmail dot com. And by go to, I mean email that. If you put that into the search engine, who the fuck knows what happens. Ladies and gentlemen, um, Richard Marcera, if you're listening, send me another email, man. These things are fucking gold. Like, you're a great comedian. These things are even better. Um, Also, did my YouTube video load? No, still at 22 minutes. Hey, YouTube, you're a piece of shit. When uploading things take fucking ever. And it's so fucking annoying because it just freezes. And then you just wish death on everyone associated with your company including Steve Jobs. Uh, wow. Listening to you read out my email whilst on the toilet, no less made me realize what an utter fucking predictive text can be. Oh, utter fuck predictive text can be. No, it's an even more utter fuck there, Rich, is me not being able to read. To wit, off my Dave on powerful drugs should have read off my face. That makes sense, but the thing with being a North American person is that um, you don't know when it's British slang or it's just normal words. So, like, or it's a fuck up. Anyway, um, I cannot for the life of me think why my phone would ever think I would want to talk to somebody, uh, talk to, about somebody called Dave when I would be talking about my beautiful, beautiful face. I just thought that Dave was a northern slang for face. Like, oh, I'm going to go punch Dave and it's Dave. Also, what's wrong with you, Lady Knight? No, 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 no. Last night, Jesus phone. Uh, I have now to spend, uh, I have... I have to know to spend the uh, the night with a lady, sometimes even a lady of the night. And if I was in medieval Britain and came across a female warrior, I would call her Lady Knight. Cheers for reading the message. Thanks especially for farting at the start of my story. Really classed it up. Richard, as we all know, uh, farting at the beginning of the story is the Canadian um, way to indent the paragraph. That's the way the words know to get uh, closer in together. Um, I can't believe I actually made uh, that sounds somewhat reasonable and also quite insane. Well, I think that's what we call ourselves a podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's uh, 9.20 a.m. on a Wednesday. I'm going to get this uploaded lickety-split. Um, 
Let's see what's going on in the news really fast. I'm sure ISIS is up to its old shenanigans and Vladimir Putin just invaded something else. Can we also just... What's with the ISIS name change? I, I have so much to say. I'm going to talk about this a lot. I think I'm going to do... The, you're going to see... There'll be another podcast and then the live ones. So there'll be an in-studio p- podcast next week. Because I just want to talk a lot about ISIS. I'm going to research them. Because there's apparently Dick Cheney like, spoke of the rise of ISIS, and everyone's going, it's conspiracy theory, and he goes, again, he would not be speaking about the rise of ISIS if he was involved in their creation! Alright, I'll talk to you soon. For me, and my, my lady, and for photos of dogs on the internet, it's old John Hastings. This has been the John Hastings Anything Can Be A Podcast podcast. Learn more about John, go to johnhastingscomedy.com. Goodbye.